0: They were all at sea. Milner, Henderson, Elliot didn't work at all.
1: I thought yellow. I thought yellow when I first watched it and I thought yellow on the replay.
2: Mason Mount. I just do not get it. I never have, never will.
0: Liverpool were so off it, they made them look a lot better.
2: Chelsea are a mess.
0: And welcome back to Panenka Weekly, the raunchy but relatable football podcast. So <laughs> when we can't get over
1: these.
0: Hello, and welcome back to Panenka Weekly, episode number three, Game Week three of this 2022-23 20, Premier League season. It has been a very interesting weekend. I think when we get to the games in a second, it's all about the Sunday. But there's a lot to talk about. But as always, I am joined by my lovely co host. I'm gonna start with Rory today. Rory, how are you?
1: Very well, thank you, Rich. Very, very well. Excited for tonight's game. A little bit more nervous than I maybe was um eight or nine days ago, but looking forward to the game nonetheless.
0: Yeah, definitely. I am well and truly in the uh, in the same boat as you on that one. I'm also joined though by Tigs as well. How are you, Tigs? I'm good, mate. Yourself? Yeah, I am alright. I'm I'm much fresher, more refreshed and ready to go compared to last week. So hopefully. Excited for tonight? I am sort of I'm, I really hope Liverpool can be comfortable and confident but there is a little part of me that thinks United really have something to prove don't they and um, I'm a bit worried but we will see we will see but what if United win <laughs> yeah well Klopp's got to go hasn't he That that is a joke I <laughs> We are actually just recording this uh, this episode before the Liverpool game, obviously, as you can tell by what we were just talking about. But we will put a little insert in reacting to that game a little bit later on tonight. So there will still be a little bit of Liverpool versus Manchester United chat in today's episode. And speaking of today's episode, I think we should get into it. The agenda... Folks, it's going to be very similar to what it's been for the past couple of episodes, where we will react to everything that's happened over this past weekend of Premier League action, as well as then looking forward to the next set of games, which there's a few interesting ones in there to talk about as well. And if, are we ready to get into it? Yeah,
2: I'm mean, very excited. A lot happened, didn't it, this weekend?
0: Yeah loads it is um I mean let's start with one of those well let's go through around the games first of all and then we'll go into a little bit more detail about one or two of them but let's start with the early game on the Saturday it was Spurs versus Wolves Spurs grinding out a 1-0 win here but I was quite impressed by Wolves Rory
1: yeah I thought you know good win for Spurs um didn't do anything too flashy but still got the win um Wolves, I would worry again slightly what we've been saying kind of throughout the season so far that they really look like they are going to struggle for goals. Um, Pedro Neto also linked away with an Arsenal move last sort of 24, 48 hours. I mean, you've always got to take these kind of rumours with a pinch of salt, but I don't think they can be affording to uh, lose any more attacking players.
0: I agree, yeah. I think, yeah, with Wolves, it does seem like they are just lacking that little bit of cutting edge. Maybe a fully fit Real Jimenez will change them, but I think I was quite impressed first off specifically with them. Next match, uh, one of our three o'clocks was Palace beating Villa 3-1. I can only go to one person for this game. Tiggs.
2: Yeah, it was poor from back to front, really, wasn't it, from Villa? No plan, tactics were very poor. People just didn't seem to be putting in too much of an effort the VAR, you know, I didn't really buy into that too much. I think we were comfortably beaten. Palace really good.
0: Gerard worried about his job a little bit?
2: I don't know, but he, he does seem to be... He started off very brightly. Um, do you remember we had the conversation about how tactically flexible he was when he, when he first yeah. started? We had that conversation, didn't we? And that seems yeah. to just have gone. We seem to just be trying to fit players in every different position. We don't seem to have a plan. One seems to be trying that hard. Palace were just the complete opposite. It was a hard still. What a player.
0: Yeah, he started the season brilliantly. Sort of uh, an FPL under the radar pick, I think. I I might he did need to go to bring him in. He, he did, did go, there in. You go
1: Yeah, before Saturday for me. He was uh part of my wild card. Slight panic wild card, but nonetheless. Wow. Game he week came two in.
0: wild card. <laughs>
1: that's that's what you need, mate, when you've got uh, Darwin Nunes just been brought in. So um yeah. I mean, Zaha came in, Tony came in as well, so a couple of good transfers. Yeah,
0: I did see you've had a good week. I, I feel hard done by by the fact I had two Chelsea defenders and, well, we'll get on to their game in a little bit, won't I we? Villa, I still think
2: Villa will be fine, sorry, just jumping back to that. I, I, sometimes you've got to manage expectations for a team and Villa always get a bit silly. Yeah. Stay up, yeah. be comfortable, remember those horrible days where we really were struggling, rotting in the Championship, so just, I'd still just like to be safe, but I'm a bit worried. I think would we'll
0: be okay. Speaking of uh, managers that you're potentially a bit worried about, Everton drawing to Forrest, a bit of a late equaliser in this one as well. A home draw against Forrest. Lampard, another one I think is his neck might well be on that chopping block if things don't improve. Fairly sharpish, Rory?
1: Yeah, I mean, I suppose just to open up and kind of blow my own trumpet slightly, correct prediction for me last week, 1-1. Um, but yeah, I think Forrest will be the happier of the two despite conceding um, you know, quite, quite a late equaliser I think they'll still be quite happy with a the point there um, just gets their season off to quite a nice start doesn't it picking up points in a couple of the opening games Everton you've really got to worry about them they look pretty poor don't they this season so far don't really yes. look like they've learnt a lot from last year um, still that kind of yeah, they're not they just don't really seem up for the games do they you know the last 10 minutes against villa was a bit more like it but it's just back to type wasn't it on saturday very very lackluster performance
0: yeah um, as somebody who picked them to be the overachievers I am slightly worried about that <laughs> prediction at this stage <laughs> well, they're, doing, they're doing better than I thought with that point <laughs> but, do you know what yeah we're, I'm still correct on that I think um, they got a point didn't they well the next game bit of a, uh, a bit of a barnstormer. this one 3-2 Fulham a late Alexander Mitrovic winner to defeat Brentford at uh, Craven Cottage a, uh, a good in- entertaining game this one Tigs.
2: yeah fair play both teams really go at each other again I, I that's what i like about the premier league this year people seem to be giving it a more of a go than they have in previous years it's just a general feeling i've got brentford went at it fulham went at it i read a stat that this is fulham's first first london derby win in 25 games so even you know 3 games in they're really sort of get rid of some of these bad some of these bad patterns, you know, and that late winner, again, Mitrovic.
0: Yeah, I think we might have answered the question about whether he can cut it at Premier League level this year. We thought he might be able to after his first first uh, weekend brace, but he's backed it up time and time again now. He looks very good for them.
2: Brentford looked good as well, to be honest. It was just a very good game.
0: Yeah. Next one is this one I think we might need to talk a little bit about, and I'll open up to Rory on it. But Leicester beaten at home by Southampton. Leicester are struggling. They are. There's a massive game coming up next week um, where Leicester play Chelsea. Um, both of those teams are going to need a win. Southampton getting the win on the road at Leicester here, Rory?
1: Yeah, I mean, Southampton actually, it's not, uh, not been too bad, has it? Four points from three games compared to kind of what we maybe thought yeah. might happen there. Um, yeah, Leicester worrying times, really. I mean, they crumbled, didn't they? After being ahead against uh, Brentford opening day. They've then been beat by Arsenal and now beat at home to Southampton, which they probably would have been banking on getting something at least from that game. Um, but yeah, it's just really, really poor from Leicester.
0: Yeah. And uh, yeah, lots of work to be done there. And I think it'd be an interesting end to this this window as well for them because it's, it seems a little bit unsettled in the Leicester camp. The last game on the Saturday, the late kickoff, was Bournemouth at home to Arsenal and Arsenal comfortably running out 3-0 winners here. I suppose, as people predicted, um, it does make me wonder a little bit more about Aston Villa as well as the team that have lost to Bournemouth. Okay? Well, we've, we've, we've
2: discussed Aston Villa in great detail already, so I'm just going to sort of ignore <laughs> that point and speak about Arsenal. <laughs> well, they should have won, shouldn't they? Easy win, really. It was always going to be an easy win. Bournemouth, despite that... Outstanding win against Villa on the opening day of this season. I think I think they're going to struggle. I know they've had a couple of hard games, but they didn't, you know, they didn't offer anything in that game. Arsenal didn't really get out of second gear. Very easy win. Still don't buy into it that they're really going to be up there come the end of the season. I still think fourth is the target for them.
0: That was going to be my follow-up question. Was are we starting to believe the Arsenal hype a little bit now? Top of the league, nine points from nine. They do look good but you kind of have to temper those expectations when you in you know, it was Bournemouth etc but they the the movement and some of those like Erdegaard looks great of course Jesus looks really good there is it is an exciting time to be an Arsenal fan but you're not buying into it
2: I just think You're
1: oh, firmly in their camp. You're
2: firmly, you're firmly in, in their camp.
1: I mean they my, my over overachievers them and Brighton were my shout so uh, a great start for Arsenal really but you know I, you always feel like they're only one or two injuries away from having a real slide in form.
2: See how they react to their first hurdle when they when they play City, Liverpool, and if they do get a drill in, I think that will be that will define their season. How they come back from some of their bad results, especially last year, didn't they? They they went on a good run, they had a bad result, and it put them on a really bad spiral for a few weeks. They just need to get that out of their systems, I think, a bit quicker.
0: Definitely a patchy team. So I guess yeah, I, I agree with you. We need to see them in their first big test don't we moving through and we mentioned it a little bit earlier that it was all about the Sunday this weekend because it really did explode into life with a couple of these Sunday games I'm going to start with the one that was maybe less of a talking point but actually there is something to discuss here West Ham losing again losing at home to Brighton who continue their good start to the season with a 2-0 win at, at West Ham um We'll be impressed by them here, and then we'll get on to the other two games, which were really, really interesting games.
1: Yeah, I think West Ham have have got to be worried now, haven't they? That's another home defeat. You can kind of excuse the Man City defeat, but you're a little bit more worried when they're getting beat by Brighton. But, you know, Brighton, again, came, were well organised, took their chance as well, and and kind of the the momentum rolls on for Brighton. They
2: need a goal scorer, don't
1: they, West Ham?
0: Yeah, so they've bought Skamaka, they've spent big on him. They need him to settle and they need him to to start scoring goals. He scored
2: midweek, didn't he, to be fair? Opened his account in uh, the qualifying games, the qualifying rounds. So,
0: Yeah, and he, I think he's looked quite good, actually, in his in his uh, little cameo so far. But it's a new striker, isn't it? It's mm. going to take a while. And I think actually for the even the second half of last season with Antonio, the goals weren't exactly flowing after a, a magnificent start. So they they need there's a bit of work to be done, I think, at West Ham. The next two games, and we wanted to leave these ones till the end. They did come at the end of the weekend anyway, but there's a lot to talk about with Leeds at home to Chelsea and then the, the last kickoff of last Sunday, which was Newcastle against Manchester City. We like to pick out one or two games to discuss in a little bit more detail. So as well as recapping on everything else, let's talk for a little bit longer here about Leeds 3, Chelsea Nil. who wants to go first
2: oh, I go first i've got so much to say about this first and foremost Chelsea are a mess aren't they I, what yeah I don't really know where to start they they haven't got a plan they haven't you know tactically he's really getting found out recently i feel and i I don't get that formation I, I still don't really understand it was it was it a four three3 or they seem to be putting then three at the back and then players are out of position it seems to be changing sort of on a whim
0: yeah, it's not. Yeah, they they really are lacking a little bit of that cohesion and coherence. They, I I don't really understand what the plan is. And like you say, they are, they just seem to be a mess at the moment. Chelsea. It was. It must have been a bit of a false dawn last weekend where they got that draw against Spurs and everyone sort of went. See, they are quite good. Then this this week and yeah, all over the place. I think one thing to mention that we will definitely need to get on is Jesse Marsh has got that Leeds team performing. Some of those signings look so accustomed to that leeds team already you think of brendan aronson coming in and tyler adams in the midfield they look so comfortable and there's it was the the stark polar opposite of chelsea in organization and having a plan and executing that i was really impressed by leeds and uh likewise very very well i'll say worried but it was quite enjoyable to see um how poor chelsea were
2: it was a credit to jesse marsh wasn't it i think to lose their best two players and to come out like that, what a start? Because we didn't, we weren't confident, were we, in our first couple of podcasts, the last couple of weeks? I mean, they really brought it out. I thought they were going to go down for sure before the season started, and then they had a good start, sort of changed my mind a little bit. And yesterday, they just looked outstanding.
1: Rodrigo again as well. Could he be one that comes into the FPL team, Rich? I know you've been uh, banging that drum over the weekend.
0: I have been banging that drum over the weekend. Unfortunately, I didn't bring him in, so I've been banging the drum a little bit too late, but. Yeah, I think he's still one that I think I'm going to need to bring in for next week. I it, it, Maybe that will be the end of his goal-scoring run, but he looks like the main man in front of goal for them. Really, really impressive. That The header. The header was really good. That was a really nice free kick. And uh,
1: I mean, fair play to Leeds as well. They lost Patrick Bamford early. I know we mentioned they lost their best two players in Rafinha and Calvin Phillips, but let's not forget that Bamford's like in and out with injuries over the last sort of year as well. And and they have needed somebody to step up. And Rodrigo, I mean, wow, what a a turn of events he's putting in. He's just been absolutely magnificent the first few games of the season.
0: Four and three. What a start. Brilliant start. And actually, somebody who came in, I don't know if it was last season the season before, it was last season, I think, he came in and was a bit more of a striker in Spain, came in and had to play a bit deeper leads playing in midfield and now he looks like a real goal threat again he seems to be new lease of life and uh long may it continue as long as i do bring him into my my fpl team
2: yeah as good as he was i do think the game was won in midfield adams and rocker just looked so good almost yeah. everything loftus cheek was not loftus cheek just seems to have lost a bit of bite about him he just didn't seem as didn't seem as strong he looked a little bit off the pace i'm
0: not sure he's a right wing back which is where he seems to be being played and I'm not sure I wasn't I wasn't really sold on Connor Gallagher in the midfield I think he looked a little bit out of his depth which I think he was fantastic for Palace last year but coming in and starting for Chelsea seemed like it was a little bit beyond him which I don't know I think he's a talented footballer but he didn't he didn't seem comfortable in there
1: yeah I really like Gallagher as well I think he's a really good player so I was surprised to see how bad he was on Sunday
0: yeah, exactly. Agreed.
2: Also, uh, what about just just looking at the amount ma- of money they spent over the last couple of years? But look at their starting eleven on Saturday. How many of them would get anywhere near the Liverpool City starting eleven?
1: Yes, I can I can one? name
2: one. I think Ja obviously James is a great player. You know, if you're really being generous, maybe Kudibali, but no one else well,
1: after Sunday.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was. That was idiotic as well. The red Ridiculous. card was so, so stupid. In and, and, and some of their business that they're doing is... doesn't make sense, it? baffles it? me. Have you seen Chalabar might be going? Like, they've had no centre-backs all summer and that's been the big thing to go and buy more centre-backs. They spent big on Koulibaly and now someone who actually played well for them at centre-back last year in Trevor Chalabar looks like he's going to be leaving. It's baffling.
2: Again, there's a bit of a lack of a plan, isn't it? I know we've we spoken quite good detail last week. So not to go over it too much, but again, lack of plan seems to be from from top down all the way through to the manager. They just yeah. need to go back to basics a little bit.
0: And I know a lot was made of like a lot of memes and a lot of jokes about the uh, the Conte Tuchel thing, but he looks like he's on his last nerve. Even from the first minute in this Leeds game, Tuchel was screaming. He looks like he's he looks like he's he's struggling under like pressure. He's, not pressure, exactly. It looks like he's really under pressure and I don't think that's going to go any way to, to making them better in the next couple of games. And they've got tough games that, like we said, there's a big game next weekend playing Leicester, which is must-win for both teams, I almost want to say.
2: Rory, I've got a question for you. Mason Mount, I just do not get it. and never have, never will. He shouldn't be anywhere near starting eleven Premier League football team.
1: I think that's a big well, statement. I think that's a big statement, Sean. I think he is he is a good player, but I don't know if he's necessarily going to be sort of the main man that drives you to maybe the competitions that Chelsea are striving for. I mean, I can't get over how bad he was in the Euros final for England, which was probably one of the biggest games of his career. He was arguably the worst player on the pitch. Um but, I, mean, I don't remember
2: the last time he had a good game.
1: Yeah, he's an odd one, isn't he? He's kind of—I I guess it goes back to kind of what we were discussing last week—that if they're going to play Sterling or Havertz up front, they just don't have enough goal scoring or creativity around them. And I, I guess Mason Mount is is almost that case in point, isn't he? He's a, he's a nice footballer, but he's not going to get tons of assists, tons of goals, is he?
2: No. What is his best position? Really? He hasn't got too yeah. much pace, you know. Yeah. He hasn't really got an eye for a pass. He doesn't score goals.
0: I actually was I had similar thoughts because I was trying to think like what is what is the deal with Mason Mount because he's clearly massively talented and managers keep picking him and you know Southgate loves him but, but what like you say he's he's a nice footballer isn't he I was watching it watching this game and I had that exact thought I was like is Mount what is Mount doing here and then he picked up the ball a couple of times and he moved it really nicely and he's got such a nice touch and he's he, I I feel like he can be such a key cog in a functioning machine of a team, but when the team isn't functioning, he actually ends up being a little bit more frustrating. And I think you could say that about a few of Chelsea's players. But I, you, uh, this when a team is like this, they need somebody to sort of grip it and take uh, and take the initiative and, and win games, and they just don't have that player in their team.
1: That is the worry. I think. I think that is the real worry with Chelsea. But it's just so much seems to be sort of off. I know we mentioned sort of the running numbers on, on the Brentford and United game, but they just really didn't seem at it. it. There was no, I mean, you, you can't excuse the, the mistake by Mendy. Obviously, that just gives Leeds an absolute golden opportunity. But there was so much other stuff that goes wrong. There's even like these underlying plots of like why on earth is James playing right over back three when he's probably one of the best players in the world at right wing back? It, it just makes little to no sense, does it?
2: Yeah. No, I and, uh, I can't I can't get my head around it. That's why that's why I said earlier. It kind of looked like sometimes they moved to a four at the back, but almost almost organically. If that makes sense, they almost sort of sensed players well, almost revert into their own positions well, when it wasn't the plan okay. of the manager.
0: Yeah I think that well that might well be the plan because I think you see a lot of teams doing that type of setup where you start with a with a back 3 or you start with a 4 and then it becomes a 3. I think Newcastle did it quite effectively if you want to uh, co- contrast it to their setup. They played Dan Burn as a left back but really it was a back 3 when they went forward because Trippier bombed on forward but I think it might have been part of the plan, but the problem was none of the plan was working and it ended up looking, as you said earlier, it ended up looking like a mess. And again, I think we always need to go. We talk about the big teams a lot on these and how they're poor, but I think we always need to flip it back again and just talk about how good leads were. They were excellent. Really, really impressive.
2: I listened to a few interviews of Jesse Marsh. He seems like a real nice guy. Quite down to earth and was talking a lot about his, his experiences. and I quite liked him. I'm I, quite worried about us actually starting to like Leeds, but I think you know, if they keep going like that, they're <laughs> going to turn into a popular team. Yeah, I'm not, um, sure.
1: I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure that there'd be many uh, other northern fan bases agreeing with you there, Sean. But
2: um... right, oh, I should Gabby Abondahaw on Talksport, even he's coming around to Leeds. Wow, and they, they hate wow. him!
0: Wow. <laughs> wow. And Klopp hates Gabby Ogbonlehore as well, which I, was a nice thing about the weekend that I enjoyed, Klopp going at Gabby Ogbonlehore. Yeah, that was Bit left field that one, but enjoyed it. <laughs> uh, one thing I didn't predict for today's podcast was a Tigers-Jesse Marsh romance, but it could be the start of a beautiful, beautiful thing. Let's move on.
2: If you're listening, wow. Jesse Marsh, ring, <laughs> ring in, give us your thoughts.
0: Leave a comment. And if you are listening on YouTube, but anybody this goes you're not just... Jesse Mark, please <laughs> leave us those comments down below. We'd love to dig in to some juicy comments. Um, moving on to the final game of the weekend, except for this Manchester United Liverpool game of tonight. And it was a corker, another Barnstormer. 3-3 between Newcastle and Manchester City and can I just say go on Newcastle they had a go and went for it you talked about it earlier Tigers about teams seem to be just having a bit of a go this season I guess Leeds is an example of this too and Newcastle I was again very impressed with them and yeah there's a, there, an amazing Premier League football game in the end
1: 3-3 yeah I thought Newcastle were absolutely brilliant I mean Alan Saint Maximan, he may go quiet now until Christmas, which is kind of his nature, but he was absolutely brilliant, wasn't he? I mean he'd be giving Carl Walker absolute nightmares. He just he's so direct, he's so tricky, pacey. I mean the Almiron goal was it was was a bit of a dodgy one they just kind of like (laughs) bounced off him and went in but
0: just on that, I tweeted saying, come on, Newcastle, a bit of end product now. And then within a minute, they did that. I went, yep, that's it, textbook, in off the knee. Like-
1: <laughs> it was brilliant with it. He's just like gone for a diving header. It's gone under him and just hit his thigh and just rolled in. Um, yeah. It mean, was absolutely brilliant. But uh, yeah, Newcastle, fair play to them. I mean, they, they might be a little bit disappointed that they let the two goal lead slip. But you know, going into the game, they would have taken a point. And I thought they were absolutely brilliant. And for City, that might come out to be a massive point come the end of the season, coming back from two behind when they, they really didn't look at their best.
0: So I was just going to say, I think on City as well, there is there, there is, there there is still a lot to, to be said about their fighting resilience in a football match. There are a lot of teams with less talented footballers, albeit, that would have given up at 3-1 and that would not have been a game. But there was, I mean, maybe this is the Liverpool part of me speaking, um, but... They were three-one down, and I was absolutely not ruling them out still winning that match because they, have, even though he has these amazing, talented, expensive footballers at his disposal, Peppers managed to foster a bit of a culture there where they do not give up. We saw it so many times, frustratingly, last season. Um, they were never out of it, even though they they did have an off day and they they did get outplayed for large proportions by Newcastle's setup, the way that they worked it. It was um, yeah, they they worked hard to fight back and. They, they can do that, can't they, from any situation, it seems.
1: Yeah, they are. They are such a good side. But it just goes back to that kind of thought of who's the next one off the bench, who's the next game winner they've got. Um, I mean, there was a bit of an element when they went one the up, and it was kind of a here we go again, wasn't it? But yeah. fair play to Newcastle. I was really impressed by them. Yeah, to yeah, be honest, this,
2: this Newcastle performance scared me. I mean, I got it massively wrong last week. I thought this was going to show the daylight that still exists between these two teams. But if you just base it on this one game, they actually look pretty on par. I mean, how many teams, how many teams would actually avoid a crumb- crumbling after going 1-0 down to City in the first five minutes? Not many. And they, you know, the next 50 minutes was probably the best performance I've seen from Newcastle for years and years and years. Even in the glory days of Alan Shearer, when they were sort of getting in the Champions League, I don't remember having them that, that sort of quality. It was absolutely brilliant. Like you said, Max Mann, he was just electric, wasn't he?
0: Yeah, he's brilliant. When, when Alan Samaxman is on it, he is a fantastic footballer. Like Rory did allude to, though, he can have these... He's not always on it in the way that he was. But I think maybe... A bit of credit to Eddie Howe here as well. He's... he You know, we, we've in the past had a load of praise towards him. Kind of seems to have gone a bit more quiet on him. But I think the job he's done with this Newcastle team needs to be mentioned. Because that setup that the way that they approached that game with Manchester City there is so brave the way they set up and the way they went for it and had a go they had like I mentioned it earlier but Dan Burn playing left back so that he could tuck in become a three Trippier was bombing on if you look at the average positions Trippier is one of their most advanced players on that right hand side because I think I think right hand side they do lack a little bit of going forward and they've got the the opposite of Saint-Maximin is so high and so direct on that other side um But having Dan Byrne slot in on that left hand side meant that St. Maximan could go and do it. They've got Joel Linton, who in that midfield role has so much energy and he comes to that left hand side and he carries the ball from there. There's so much to like about the way they played, and it's so smart the way that they. Because City are going to play with this this Kyle Walker and Cancelo coming inside and being a little bit more narrow, and and Kyle Walker doesn't want to go forward and they didn't let him. But. Maxman was dragging him out and then he had runners in in behind almiron was just buzzing around so much to like in the way they played it was so brave and i almost want to look at it and think that's the blueprint right there that's what other teams need to go and do if you're going to get a result and get points off city it isn't this low block that bournemouth did last week that i don't think that's the way to beat city i think going and having a go and trying to give them a bit of a bloody nose and then hold on until the end might be the way to go and play them
2: But also, talking about blueprints, I think Newcastle have taken it one step further and just the blueprint in general for how they're going about things, especially when you get a new owner in with a fair bit of money. As obviously a Villa fan, a team who has massively outspent Newcastle in recent years, you can't can't not get jealous. Newcastle have got an identity. Tactically, they're really flexible. And every single one of their players are playing at 100% effort.
0: Yeah, but, but they don't... They don't seem a million miles away. There's, you know, one or two additions in there, maybe sort out the right-hand side. They've got they've got world-class footballers in there now, Bruno Guimaraes and, and St. Maximum when he's on it like that. They are top, top footballers and they, they're not that far away. Um, maybe we're getting a little... Maybe I'm getting a little bit carried away, but yeah, I think... I would yeah. be
1: maybe in the camp of we're getting a little bit carried away there with the talk of uh, top four, but you never know. Stranger things have happened.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure... I'm not sure we are seen it this season but there's you can see the the foundations that are being laid down there kind yeah
2: you? you can you can see a plan you know I wouldn't be surprised in the next 3 years to see them up there and if this was you know if this becomes a top 6 game in the future it's quite exciting isn't it we we've had quite a few poor top 6 games in years and years gone by you know both teams are really setting back setting them back sort of happy for a draw but if this is a game like that, you know, I'm quite excited. They just really went for each other, didn't they? Yeah, they did. And, si- and City, to be fair. You know, Newcastle, great performance. But like you touched upon earlier, you've got to give City a lot of credit. 3-1 down again. And they just came right back into it. Bernardo Silva is just a joy.
0: Yeah, please, um, Barcelona, if you're listening, you know, get that bid in. Please take him away from the Premier League. But yes, I, I know I'm speaking as a Liverpool fan when I say that. Yeah, he was really good. I think... City does this open the door a little bit in terms of our, I think a lot of people were had the opinion of okay City've won the league again then because of the first two game weeks they were obviously really good does this open the door a little bit for you I for don't you, think City, so maybe? no
2: not in my opinion because I think I think Newcastle are going to take points off a lot of teams this season like when Arsenal go there that will show that will show us really how good they are you know and would you like to go there right now Liverpool would you be confident?
0: No. Well, I'll tell you after the United game later. Yeah.
2: You see what <laughs> yeah. I mean? So I think I think looking back, City will think, great point, that.
0: Yeah, quite possibly, especially from the, the context of being 3-1 down. Great free kick, by the way, wasn't it, by Trippier?
1: Unbelievable. Resurrected memories of Croatia, didn't it?
0: Oh, yeah. Good times. And what, so it wasn't good times.
2: <laughs> obviously, on Trippier, I think VAR got that decision quite right. When it first this- happened it I thought my first thought was red card, that's you know, a vile tackle, and then when it was slowed down it actually didn't look that bad. So I thought this- VR got it right to be honest. Is
0: this a big talking point this and I've had lots of discussions with lots of people and people are falling on either side of this. Now my initials the interestingly here, my initial read of it as I watched it was yellow cards. It's just a trip. And uh, I find it quite interesting that your initial read of it was, that's a red card, that looks vile, whereas mine was the opposite. And then I watched it on the replay. I was like, okay, it's definitely going to be overturned. But actually, maybe it's a bit worse than I first thought it was. It's a really... So you flipped around the the other way? Almost. Not quite. I did still... I think I even tweeted. I said, that's surely going to be overturned. That's the Mm -hmm. softest red. It seemed really soft to me. But I actually almost okay i I could almost see why he'd given a red after seeing the replays so i was like okay it was actually quite high and there was more to it maybe i think the ref obviously looked it to start with and thought that he'd caught him high up the leg and you know with his studs and actually then it maybe well then it would have been a red but for me it just seemed like a cynical trip and it was a yellow all day i've seen so many people say though and arguing either way what what was so you think yellow tags rory what did you think
1: I thought yellow. I thought yellow when I first watched it, and I thought yellow on the replay. It's a very cynical tackle, but I, I don't think there was that... I guess you kind of need to go, is it endangering an opponent? Is it overly malicious in terms of you know really going out to try and hurt him? I didn't really think it was either of those. It wasn't like a scissor action to it, or you know, two-footed or anything like that. It was just a very cynical I'm going to stop the attack here and now, and the way I do that is by maybe going slightly higher than... than you would normally it's more go. like he
0: tried to yeah, I don't think he tried to catch him with his with his studs, did he? try tried to catch him high, but just so that he could chop him down rather than anything else. Um I think maybe people's people's thinking that it was a raider based off some we've had a couple of these decisions n- not too long ago. We had the Shaka one who got sent off, and we had the Allen one. Do you remember towards the end of last season? I think it was against Was it against Newcastle? It might well have been. I think be. it might have been. Um and Maybe that's coloured people's just, um, opinions on it a yeah, little bit, but I, mean, I don't.
1: The Allen one slightly different, though. No, I think because there, there is more of a that was a lot lower, wasn't? There? it? That was more ankle height. Yeah. But there was definitely more of like a stamping action on that one. He's kind of agreed. He's it's stretched. Dangerous. Up, and he, he, you know, yeah. there's, there's, they're the ones that in slow mo you go, oh god, that's close to being a leg breaker. Yeah. Whereas it was totally the opposite for Trippier. I thought, yeah, he's caught him high, but it wasn't. It's never really going to cause any major injury if that makes sense.
2: Hmm. But what is the definition of a, of high? In this regard, is it down to the referee's interpretation? I guess always there. The
1: ball's quite high, isn't
2: it? Anything over the ball. Yeah, so, I, I mean, if you followed is... it, if you followed the rules, if you followed the rules to really to the letter, the letter of the law, maybe you could have justified it's... it being a Reddit, a real push or just,
0: just not. Same. That's kind of where, where I was at with it was I, I just watching it without hearing what anyone else thought on it I was like oh that shouldn't have been a red that needs to be overturned to be a yellow then I watched it again I was like yeah it's still just about a yellow but maybe I can see why he gave the red to start with but well done they overturned it fair play and then actually reading other people's almost arguing that it should have been a red I was like oh maybe then maybe maybe it isn't quite as cut and dry as I thought it was but it's a definite definite talking point contentious one um, seems to have raised a bit of debate as well so which is always it's good. good good chats and it's,
2: good, it's good when things you know people got different points of view but it proves how hard it is for a referee yeah you know we've yeah. all we've all watched that probably 15 times now and we change our mind different you know different people bring up good points and good views and it sort of makes you think again so it's tough to be tough to be a referee <laughs> So it is 21.58 on Monday the 22nd of August, which means <laughs> <laughs> we have jumped back into this podcast just a few minutes after the end of Manchester United versus Liverpool. Rich, understandably... Right after the
0: final whistle and I'm trying to be enthusiastic in this because I've just seen Liverpool lose to Manchester United. Very disappointing. Um, Tiggs, what did you make of it?
2: Well, first and foremost, thank you, Rich, for jumping back on because you get your best interviews from the managers, don't you? Straight after the game when the adrenaline is still pumping, the emotions are still high. So I'm glad I've got you, to be honest.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I'm going to start blaming things like the pitch being dry. I can see why Klopp does it now.
2: Yeah, no, we, we can finally relate. I think it was... I mean, we've got to start with the offside, haven't we, really?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's what's irked me the most. But I know it's silly and it's because it's against my team, but it's another one of those where are we relying on these blurry fuzzy pictures of offsides and then sort of the thing that actually actually broadly i'm actually fine with that being onside because it's so close that it doesn't really matter you know the the are we saying he gained an advantage he didn't did he broadly i'm okay with that the thing that is actually annoying me about football with this is that we see these blurry images from var and these sketchy lines on there and then sort of the reaction from everyone is no nah, actually they have he is on side they've proved it there Well, really they've not they've not really proved then i don't think that's a scientific finding that they've that they've made there that that's yeah. what annoys me because i think of the jesus one in the arsenal game on saturday and are they giving the attacker the advantage or like i don't think they are it's just it still seems a mess but yeah i'm also very very aware that it's gone against liverpool
2: we were obviously we haven't had time to properly digest and look back, but watching the game live, I thought straight away it was offside. Yeah. When it happened live, and then when they did, when they showed the VR, I thought I still thought that's offside, and then it, it just appeared to me that the 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 still the photo of it, what there was a fraction of a second before he actually let the ball go. After that. Yeah, it's if sort of, that makes sense. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure like you I'm sure if they if I'm sure they did the photo a little bit too early. <laughs> yeah, they
0: this has been a problem for a while. They have the frames per second on the cameras is shocking that it jumps forward way too much. They need I don't know why they've not invested in more in better cameras to do this with, but that's a separate issue because it is all down to where they decide to pause it and then it's how that particular frame looks and how blurry it is. We could do a whole episode talking about the problems with off sidelines. What is actually was good about it is that they made a quick decision and if it if it is a general trend that if it is as close as that you give the advantage to the attackers. I'm actually fine with that. The it's the inconsistency. If it becomes still, a thing, yeah, if, yeah.
2: if if it becomes a thing, but you there'll be similar ones to that which are not given.
0: Yeah, but there was against. on Saturday. If you look at the Gabriel against Jesus it. one. Against <laughs> Villa, yeah. And and it just feels a bit convenient that it's at Old Trafford and the, the, I don't know, the narrative of the game is that, oh, United are back here. They've put in a performance now. Oh, it's 2-0 now. And, yeah,
2: but it's the same. Yeah, do you remember Villa against, at Old Trafford last season when the VAR started looking at one thing and then it moved on to something else and then it moved on to was something else eventually something? got them. Yeah, for something. Jacob that Ramsey was, was involved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember you know, eventually, that if you look hard enough for something, you're probably going to find it. Yeah. It seems to happen at Old Trafford. It but, is. I mean, moving on to the actual game itself, what were your thoughts on Liverpool?
0: Yeah, I was going to say that we're talking about this offside decision as if it really was the, uh, the defining factor when really it was Liverpool were really poor. United were good, I think. Um I actually think it might be a bit of a false storm for United because they, obviously they were really up for it. It was the Liverpool game, all of this. I wonder if they'll back that up next weekend. I actually think the, the bigger takeaway from the game was how poor Liverpool were and how much they're crying out for a centre midfielder. They were yeah. all at sea. Milner Henderson, Elliot didn't work at all. I think Elliot looked really good. He looks bright. I think he's a fantastic footballer, but... Henderson in 2022 alongside Milner, I, I, they couldn't get them off the pitch quick enough and that says it all, doesn't it? It's yeah. a real problem and I'm sounding a little bit like Yadar on Twitter here, but go and sign a midfielder, please, because it's yeah, just... that was a like note I wrote. am crying out for it.
2: Yeah, the midfield just didn't work for Liverpool today and Milner, <laughs> you never want to say it, do you? But are his legs starting to go slightly? Should he be starting in these games?
0: Well, no, it's, well, it's by complete like default that he's in their team because there's no one else Keita's got silly string for ligaments you've got Thiago a wind will see him being out for four to six weeks it's there's no other options in there so what is the answer what do Manchester United do in this situation they go and sign another footballer don't they what do City do they go and sign another footballer Liverpool don't seem to do that unless they can get the right man in but at this stage and I think we actually saw it in Klopp's pre-game he did some interviews where he was actually talking about, oh, it's not up to him to sign the players now, which is a big change from he's happy with the midfield he's got. So I do wonder if they go and do something. I personally feel like they need to go and do something. It was...
2: Okay, so quick question. Yes or no? No thinking about it. Casemiro? Yes or no?
0: Casemiro. Um, C- Casemiro? Yes. I would have absolutely taken <laughs> at Liverpool, but... Um...
2: A lot of problems maybe they didn't know it was available but i thought he would have he could fit it in quite nicely Like th- he would have made a big difference today
0: yeah i think the problem is the the price and the wages he's on which doesn't fit what liverpool do at all does it i think he's gone into united and he's going to be one of their top earners which for
2: yeah sort of three hundred thousand for yeah. five years or yeah, something so he's yeah, on, which is not sustainable than, is it
0: no he's on more than salah which it just yeah doesn't work does it
2: no not at all but you know we've got to talk about united they Look better than they have done for a long, long time, didn't they? It's mad what Rashford can do when he actually tries.
0: Yeah, but it's it's mad what they can do when they set up in a system that kind of makes sense, which I don't think it did against Brentford, and I don't think it did in any of their games, That well, any of their two games this season, where it was, it was the, you, you talked about it actually, with those round pegs in square holes or whatever the saying is, where it's moving players yeah. about, and you've got Christian Eriksen playing as a six, but... Suddenly today they had runners up front and pace in behind and they had a bit of a plan to go. Like it wasn't a a technical plan by any stretch. It was just let's have fast players who compress and let's be bright and run around a lot. A lot more than we have done against other teams this season. And it worked. And yeah, again, I go back to it that maybe Manchester United, well, Manchester United were definitely a lot better than they have been. But also Liverpool were so off it. They made them look a lot better.
2: Yeah, I mean, even in defence, Liverpool looked physically quite weak at times. You know that that opportunity that Rashford had, where he sort of just walked through a couple of tackles.
0: Yeah, it looks Gomez just so left many a holes. bit of a weak
2: leg. Yeah, it didn't look very good, did it? Yeah, so but many holes. Fair play to Ten Hag. I mean, it still takes a brave man to drop Ronaldo and Maguire. I think at this point, I know a lot of people were calling for Maguire, but especially standing by and as captain and then yeah. dropping him. I think that's a big brave decision. You know, not starting Ronaldo. So a fair play to him on that front.
0: Yeah, I know definitely. I think they and it's the right call on both of those things because I think, yeah, I think you've got to be brave in those. And to, to be honest, it's what a lot of people have been saying. And he, he's now finally been brave enough to do it. I do. It's going to be interesting to see what goes on in the next few weeks because there's going to be Ronaldo's not going to be happy with sitting on that bench.
2: Because the worry was, well, they haven't got anyone like Ronaldo to score goals, but it kind of worked today, didn't they? Maybe Rashford up front is that is that answer at least until January.
0: Yeah, potentially. We'll we'll see what happens with them. They, I think they're they're looking like they're going to go and get Anthony, aren't they? And and maybe some other players too. So we mm. will see.
2: So, uh, final question: What do you think Liverpool have to do, if anything, before the end of the transfer window?
0: Go and buy a Moises Casado from Brighton. If you can't get Bellingham, or just go and put the money up and get Bellingham now. Like money, money talks in football. And if they're going to spend it next year then they might just they could, just because of the injuries they might need to do it now I think the, they need a lift the fans are going to need a lift because these things can turn toxic pretty quickly and if it's if it's like screaming in your face as, as loudly as this is we saw it actually with the season before last with the no having no centre-backs then they go and sign Kanata, and it seems to fix it so it's if it seems this obvious and the club don't do it and then there's results like this it can become toxic quite quickly and they, they need to avoid that
2: it feels similar, doesn't it? And you you got into the top four and was it you know, the last day, two weeks yeah, before day. the end? It was very, yeah. very close and you had a real good run at the end, didn't you? So you could have slipped out of the Champions League. So yeah, you're right. You've got to be careful.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely.
2: Oh, well, on to the next one, Rich. Don't worry about
0: <sighs> it. <laughs> All right. So I think now we've rounded off last weekend's action. It's time now to look ahead to the upcoming fixtures and a, another packed schedule of premier league action coming up from this coming weekend then we'll start and we'll get our predictions lodged here i'll go to both of you we'll get our predictions in if you want to add any more uh, detail or if you have anything to say about these fixtures please just jump in but we'll start with the 12 30 on saturday we've got southampton at home to manchester united i think a lot will depend on how, how United go tonight against Liverpool, won't it? But how do we think this one is going to go? But uh, Southampton have looked pretty good. Tiges, what do you reckon?
2: I think this is Man United's start of the season, to be honest. They'll lo- I think they'll lose tonight. Casemiro, red card, 67 minutes. But okay. apart from that, <laughs> Man, United, Man United 3-1.
0: Okay, Rory?
1: Yeah, I think Man United will win. And as, as uh, Sean said, Casemiro's debut, but I'm going to go for 2-1 Man United.
0: I'm going to go for one-one. I think their troubles will continue. I'm I, I maybe wishful thinking. I'm going to go with that. Next game is Brentford at home to Everton. A, uh, a, a struggling Everton team going to Brentford, who also lost this past weekend. Robbie, what do you reckon?
1: Yeah, Brentford back at home, I think they'll have enough to to beat Everton. Um, I am going to go for 2-1 to Brentford. I think they will keep that momentum going that they've built up early in the season and maybe banish the Demons from the weekend against Fulham.
0: Another loss for Everton in your view. Tykes? Yeah, I was
1: going
2: to say 2-1, so I'll say 2-0 just to mix it up, but I think they'll be comfortable.
0: I've backed Everton all season, so I'm going to go 3-1 Everton. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to work eventually. <laughs> One of these weeks, <laughs> it's going to be correct. Next game is, this is, I think this is a very interesting fixture, Brighton at home to Leeds. Two teams that on this past weekend's evidence look look pretty good. Tigers first, Brighton Leeds.
2: It would be easy just to say a draw, I think here, with both teams flying high, but I'm going to go for Brighton just because they're at home. I think that will just give them that little little emphasis extra emphasis but I think it'll be a close game
0: okay I think I think I'll go with you on that and I think I'm gonna go with a 1-0 Brighton but as you say very close Rory
1: yeah I think this one is very tricky I'm kind of flip-flopping between a draw and a, and a Brighton win but I'm gonna go for one nil as well Rich I think Brighton home win
0: the next one is one I touched upon earlier, and I think we should maybe go into a little bit more detail on this one because two teams that are crying out for a win at this stage. Chelsea are at home to Leicester. Let's um let's hear from you first, Tiggs.
2: Well, first and foremost, for Fana, who's he gonna be playing for? Yeah. <laughs> you know that might that might go through. I mean I don't know what how much difference it'll make. This is the sort of game where I think Chelsea will come through it. Leicester just, they are lacking confidence, they're lacking players. I, it almost feels like no one wants to be there at the moment and that goes right to Rodgers. He doesn't seem to be his usual annoying self. I don't know whether he's just lost the, lost the love of it a little bit at the moment, but I think Chelsea are going to win and it puts Leicester real, really far behind mm-hmm. and it really makes them start to worry.
0: Yeah, it does seem a little bit a little bit sad at Leicester at the moment doesn't it I think actually just thinking about this is this not the perfect fixture for Chelsea right now after off the back of that Leeds loss going and playing Leicester at home another you know a team that's really struggling that seems to have lost all that self-belief this might just be the perfect game for them so I think I would I'd be leaning towards Chelsea as well here at home maybe just seeing a few more of those signs that we saw against Spurs but yeah, like I said before, they both need a win here. What do you reckon, Rory?
1: Yeah, I think Chelsea will get the win. I mean, I'm I'm looking at Leicester, and you know, you'd, you'd arguably say that their best performance was maybe even against Arsenal, and they lost. But yeah. they they just look like a team that's sort of really really low on confidence. Like Sean says, so many people look like they don't want to be there. They've been linked with moves away. Um, it might just be the perfect fixture just to kickstart Chelsea again, um, and I'm going to go for for a 2 0 win to Chelsea, uh, and maybe we might see the start of the Kai Havertz and, and Sterling goals.
0: Mm, interesting.
2: One thing I will say is, you know, sometimes when there's no pressure on the game because Leicester might go into it thinking, mm, you know, it, it yeah. might be a good catalyst for them. Free hit. You know, if they can, can get, if they, yeah, free hit. But if they can get a result. Yeah, Good kickstart their season.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, just, I guess it's semi-related to this, but we talked about Gerard earlier. We've talked a little bit about Rodgers now. Who's who's going to lose their job first then? Which manager is going to be the first one to get the chop uh, It could
1: be Rodgers, couldn't it, the way he's going? I mean, you wouldn't have thought that maybe a few weeks ago, but is it just kind of one of those times where we've saw plenty of players move on at Leicester and it is kind of just time to maybe take stock, get somebody fresh in and kind of go again. Um, but you'd also really worry about maybe Frank Lampard and, and which ever, which direction are Everton going in. Uh, Gerard again struggling. I mean, it, there's, a, there's a whole multitude of managers who might kind of pull the trigger first. But let's see maybe how Leicester get on this weekend. But if they keep turning in these poor performances, how long will they give Rodgers?
0: Yeah, yeah. Sort of why I mentioned it now, yeah. I think
2: Rodgers will be safe just because he's built up quite a lot of goodwill, and Leicester seem to be seem to give people a little. I mean, well, they have got rid of managers, haven't they, in the past? But they seem to be a bit better than certain other teams. I just feel like he's done an okay job up to now, and there's a lot going on behind the scenes. There seems to be, so I think that will give him a bit more time, at least enough to get you know outstay Lampard. I think he's got to be the next one. He looks like really out of his depth
0: before Gerrard.
2: Oh Joe Joe's doing a great job, mate. No, i, I yeah, again, I, it's hard to say, isn't it? I just Villa Villa had that win against Everton which really has helped because you know if Villa win next week Yeah. You're right you're right back in it. They got a catalyst, whereas in, you know, Leicester could Leicester could have a win and it's still there just seems to be a lot more still going on, if that makes sense. That's just why I think I think Gerald I think Gerald will have a little bit more time. They'll give Gerald till Christmas, I think. Lampard, I'm not convinced, but also Ten Hag has got to be an outsider. I was going to mention you know, Ten Hag. If he loses tonight and then doesn't get a result against Southampton,
0: We've... I think the thing that's going to help Ten Hag here is the the focus on the ownership and the and the glazers and everything that doesn't seem to be bucking too much of that. Of that blame does he but again if he if he does lose heavily to liverpool here if he does go and continue to struggle i think he has to come into that conversation um we talked about it a little bit last week didn't we that there is still still more he could get out of those players surely
2: yeah uh... what so just on that sorry just one quick point thomas Tuchel. yeah if abramovich was still there i mean we, we don't we don't know how
0: cutthroat these new owners are yeah yeah this is true i I don't think it'd be a
2: million miles off. All it takes is a couple more losses.
0: Yeah, I don't think uh, a new owner coming in and spending a load of money and seeing them lose 3-0 to Leeds, I don't think would have would have impressed him too much. Especially a Leeds team that has a load of Americans in it with an American manager. Yeah. You know, like,
2: it Probably get him crazy. in, wouldn't they? A Marshall, his new Chelsea manager. That <laughs> <laughs> excited yeah. excite me too much. I've got to be excited about that. <laughs> you I'm not a manager. Though,
0: <laughs> Jesse Marsh to Villa when Gerard goes?
2: Oh, no, I'm not sure about that. <laughs> <Let's> <laughs> I, like Ger- I like Gerard. I like Gerard. You're backing him. <laughs> you got to back. back you got to back your manager until it's too late. I think.
0: Yeah, until until your boy Jesse comes in. Let's move through to uh, the next the next game then, which again it comes down to how they get on tonight. I think, but this surely, surely, if you're a betting person, <laughs> is a three points to Liverpool. They are at home to Bournemouth. In a three o'clock here at Anfield, we've seen how Bournemouth have struggled against these big teams. Is there any other result that happens here, Tiges?
2: I, oh, you can't see it, can you? This has got to be a Salah captain in your fantasy team. Trent a few assists, four or five probably.
0: Yeah, do you do you agree, Rory?
1: Yeah, I do really fancy Liverpool to. Where to Muller somebody soon and if it's not uh, United tonight which we hope uh, I think it might be Bournemouth at the weekend. Um, you know a couple of players back from injury and just maybe a bit of feel good after beating United tonight and, and then Bournemouth for the next ones on the list.
0: Yeah beat United tonight, beat Bournemouth next weekend title form isn't it? Straight back into the conversation and uh, in the conversation with Manchester City who's our next game they are at home to Crystal Palace another 3 o'clock uh, Rory, what do you reckon for this one?
1: I mean, what a brilliant record Palace normally have against City, but I think they might just be That's playing it. them at the wrong time off the back of that Newcastle game. I'm going to go for a home win, 2-0. Yeah,
0: Tigers?
2: Yeah, I think I think City will win. Well, the Palace are in good form, aren't they? Yeah, It'd be great, wouldn't it, if Palace went there and got
0: something It, it really good would. for the league. It would really would. I'd, I'd like to see them go and be a bit more enterprising and go for it. Go and copy what Newcastle did this week. That'd be quite nice to see. I don't know if going to go and do that at the Etihad is maybe a step too far. But Palace's record against City, as Rory says, there is really good. They've done really well in the past, so
2: they've earned the right to try, haven't they? They've earned the right to if they come out and really attack them and then get done. Yeah, I don't think anyone. I don't think anyone would criticise them too much.
0: No, I think what they almost need to set up, and they've got that counter-attacking threat. You've got Zaha in brilliant form. You've got Eze in the middle there and at least they've got really good footballers who can get on the ball and hurt teams like City like they did against Liverpool. So maybe we're writing them off a little bit quickly here but saying all of that, uh, City win for me. (laughs) (laughs) The 5.30 on the Saturday is Arsenal at home to Fulham, a London derby. Um, Arsenal, will they continue their fine form? Will it be four from four? I think it probably will although Fulham have been really good. Maybe the Mitrovic threat will will we'll get fulham something here what do you reckon tykes
2: i'm gonna go for a draw here okay i think arsenal are gonna like i said i'm I, you know i'm not buying into it as much as everybody else is at the moment i think they're gonna come for. A, they've got a couple of challenges coming up in the next couple of months i mean they got some a, a nice run of fixtures in the immediate weeks but i just feel like fulham will get something here just got a feeling
0: I'm going to predict that Rory thinks this is going to be a comfortable win for Arsenal.
1: You may well be correct, Rich. Yeah, I do think (laughs) Arsenal will get the win here. Um, They just seem in such a good spot at the moment, don't they? I do think Fulham will make a game of it. I think that, that Fulham are going to be that kind of team that does... Well, until they maybe get a couple of pastings, go at everyone and just try and pick up as many points and score as many goals as possible. It'd be an interesting test if Saliba plays the young lad against Mitrovic. Mm. That'll be quite an interesting little battle, but I'm going to go for 3-1 to Arsenal.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go Arsenal home winning this one as well. Let's say say 2-0 and fairly comfortable. Um, I was just thinking as well, it is the darkest timeline at the moment, isn't it? With Arsenal and Spurs being quite good at football. Let's move on. And, and Leeds. Leeds. Oh, and Leeds. Oh, what is going on? And Liverpool, not won a game yet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sunday, we've got Villa at home to West Ham. I'll go to you, Tigres, first of all, because it is Villa. So what do you reckon?
2: Great time to play them, really, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I think I think we'll, the way we play, if we play how we should play, you know, get our fast players on the ball. I think we're causing problems. I just hope this isn't the turning point. You know, West Ham are still a good team. They started really badly, so again, they're probably they're probably going to pace someone soon. I really hope it's not us. But <laughs> <laughs> but things can change so quickly. If we win, if we win that game, if we beat West Ham, it's not the worst start to the season, really. Two yeah. wins out of four.
0: Yeah, all things considered, yeah, you'd be be okay with it.
2: But I think. Okay, not sitting on the fence i just think this is set up for a draw
0: a draw rory
1: yeah this is one that that really i think any of the three results are really in play here aren't they um but i i also think it may well be a draw i'm gonna go
0: uh 1-1 1-1 i am going to go 1-0 west ham not sure why i think that i just maybe they grind it out i'm just throwing things out there really 1-0 West Ham if I'm correct I'm a genius next game is uh, Wolves at home to Newcastle we discussed Newcastle in great detail earlier in today's episode Wolves we did touch upon it did for me look really impressive in that first half against Spurs but did fall off around the 60th minute I think Nunes the new new signing for them coming in looks really good did seem to run out of legs a little bit for me and maybe Maybe with a with Jimenez coming back from the injury, maybe we'll see a bit more from Wolves here. But I think maybe Newcastle will continue their upwards trend and nick the result here. What do you reckon, Rory?
1: Yeah, this again is, is one that you really wouldn't be surprised maybe if Wolves do kick start their season, but in Newcastle coming off such a good performance, can they keep the momentum flying? it's a real real difficult one to call this yeah um again i think it might well be a draw i think we might be seeing another 1-1 here
0: yeah ties i think a draw okay that's nice and short and to the point we like it quite literally to the point final game of our upcoming weekend is the 4:30 on the sunday which is forest hosting spurs forest very entertaining I think is probably the word Spurs grinding out those wins so far can we see them grinding out another win here Tykes
2: I think Forrest are going to walk into Conte's trap and he's going to teach him a bit of a lesson tactically I think they're going to come out and hit him and Tottenham are going to sit back and then hit him on the break and Suns are going to enter the party
0: so, Son's been poor for me this.
2: Day. Yeah, so yeah, really yeah. struggled a bit, didn't it? The weekend. He looks tired.
0: Is my sort of read of it. So, I, yeah, I think we are waiting on him to come to life a little bit. He maybe doesn't
2: feel still... like the main man at the moment, does he? Maybe that. You know, yeah. some players love other than that. The last couple of years, it's sort of been him. Yeah. He carried them last year, didn't he? At their points. Yeah, he did. You know, so maybe the fact they got more players coming in similar positions just.
1: He is. He is the one that keeps getting dragged as well. Conte seems to really be liking leaving Kudosevsky on and when he's looking at bringing Richarlison and it's it's Son that's making way and you wonder how much longer it's going to be until he thinks, actually, I want to give Richarlison a a start. And Again, does he follow trend and and drops Son?
0: Yeah, I think I've spoken to a few Spurs fans who were a bit surprised that Son got the start in this one. It seemed like the right fit in this past weekend, so with the Wolves game, a lot of people thinking that Richarlison might have got the start then, so I, I wouldn't mean, be sure. I think it's
2: a bit early for that. I think that's a bit unfair.
0: Yeah, I don't know if it's you a know. dropping. You, though, you got to
2: it's... let people for a couple of games. Well, if if it's you know give him a rest for a couple of games, yeah. like you said, looks a bit tired, then fair enough. But I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't want to drop him. Yeah, at no. this point, if I, that makes sense. I mean, yeah,
1: like how bad were some of his deliveries from set pieces at the weekend? Yeah, he just really, really looks off the pace at the moment.
0: Yeah, saying that, that I thought Perisic was poor first half and i think he's their best player by the end of the game so these things can turn and i wouldn't be shocked human is obviously a quality footballer wouldn't be shocked
2: strange to be you cool say that i was game. listening because i was in the car at this point so i was listening to it on i think it was talk sport and they were raving about him Fair first such. half yeah
0: first half i think half, yeah no i for, for me it was the way wolf set up completely stifled Spurs first half and there was it was cuz it was that that left hand side with Son and Perisic it, it didn't seem like it was functioning at all to me. Second half to their credit he turned it around. I think Perisic got forward a lot more and did look really really dangerous. I think he was their best player by the end but yeah they did have to turn it around from the start. Okay. Tottenham that, win. That Tottenham <laughs> win. Tottenham win. Thank you for that. Uh Rory.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go Tottenham win as well. Uh 2-1.
0: Okay, okay. I will also agree that that one's going to be a Tottenham win. We will keep up to date with our predictions. We'll find out if we get any of them right. I'm sure that basically the way that we're doing that this is the following week. If you've got it correct, you need to shout out and blow your own trumpet as Rory did earlier on. That, though, does conclude our our conversation about our upcoming games this weekend. And it does also conclude our podcast for this week that is episode three of panenka weekly once again i do ask you if you are watching on youtube or i should say listening really on youtube please do leave us those comments down below subscribe to the channel and also i guess go and go follow the twitter account we're going to try and put some more content out on our twitter account too lots of discussions there thank you so much for listening today gents say goodbye
2: thank you very much enjoyed that great chat guys
0: see you next week bye-bye take care bye-bye
2: Ten questions, I can only answer yes or no. Guess my player.
0: Does he play in the Premier League? Yes. Okay. Uh, Does he play for one of the top six teams? No. Does he play in blue? No. Not blue. (laughs) 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 Not sure if that's a good question or not. (laughs)
1: Uh, what do you
0: um, call that Man City already. So. Man, yeah, City and Chelsea are already gone. So he doesn't play for Leicester. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> Good. You could
1: have
0: just said, "Does he play for Leicester?" Does he play for Leicester? No, damn. <laughs> um, <laughs> does he play for a team that finished in the bottom ten last season? Yes. Does he play for? A northern? No. Does he play for Aston Villa?
2: Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Is he you a. I see why I was
2: tempted to say yeah when you said a top <laughs> Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> Is he a defender? No. Is he a midfielder? Yes. Is he. Brazilian.
2: No. Good question, that, though.
0: Well, that's Douglas Luiz and Coutinho, then, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Is he British? Yes. Is he English?
2: No. However, however, I forgot to say at the beginning of the game that these are <laughs> prim- current Premier League players. So you, when you said, is he a Premier League player, it was a bit unfair. <laughs> I'll <laughs> I give you an answer. I'll <laughs> <that>. <laughs> Right, so I, I have hoping- one more question right at the end. Yeah, you got one more question. Man. Okay, yeah. easy now, isn't it? Come on.
0: Is it John McGinn?
2: Yes, yes. Big John McGinn, <laughs> stunning. <laughs>